Hello and welcome to Prototype and See, a brand new podcast for designers, engineers and innovators all about the product development journey. My name is James Murphy, co-founder of HLH, one of the world's leading manufacturers of prototypes and low volume production parts. I've been in this industry for nearly 20 years, but I feel there's still a great deal about our customers that I don't yet understand. So in Prototype and See, I'm going to be sitting down with some of the world's most innovative companies, talking to designers and engineers all about the successes and failures, the ups and downs of bringing new products to market. Okay, hi, uh, hello and welcome to the uh, Prototype and See podcast. Um, today we're very excited to have uh, two people from uh, Tulip with us. We have uh, Tassio and Frank. Um, Linda, hi, how are you guys doing? Hi. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Um, just uh, to start us off, could you briefly kind of introduce yourselves and what 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 you guys are, are up to? Yes, sure. Thank you very much, James, for the invitation uh, for today. So we are very excited. Uh, so my name is Tassilo, uh, the team lead of the company Tulip, and um, I'm very experienced in the auto, coming from the automotive industry. Um, in Germany, in the southern part of Germany, was uh, doing my career, and uh, since two years, uh, Frank and me, we made the decision to focus completely on the company Tulip, and that's the reason why we are right now sitting here with you. So thank you very much. Okay, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, and Frank, what's your kind of uh, background and, and how did my you My background in also, I'm also a mechanical engineer. Um, I also was in the automotive industry for uh, various years um, after the university degree and uh, worked in transmission departments. And after being at the OAM, um, I started um, uh, or I joined a small company, which is a design office that made engineering services for the automotive industry. Okay. And you, you're still very much involved in the automotive industry, I guess, Like, but it's now micro-mobility, I believe, uh, Tulip is, is involved in. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like... Correct. Um, so basically, it started when we, when we um, had our design engineering office, where we made engineering services for the automobile industry. And um, it was always the target beside of this to also bring an own product to the market. Uh -huh. And um, this is where all the product idea was generated, which is in the micromobility world. And uh, yes, now we are working on our own interpretation of, um, okay. uh, of the micromobility solution. Okay, and I, I mean, you're still very much, I think, in in kind of stealth mode, so it's all uh, quite secretive. Now, I've seen I've seen some of the parts uh, that that go into the product, but I I don't think I've I've even seen the uh, the product itself. Um, so, when do you think we'll be able to 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 kind of see what your take on micro mobility is going to be? Yeah, we, uh, as you said, we are still in the stealth mode and due to the novelty of the, of the product and uh, right now we are preparing the industrialization process. 
um, starting starting right now, and it's planned for the end of next year, so in the year 25, that we have a pre-announcement of the of the product. The reason why we are still in stealth mode is we have uh, defined, as Frank said before, we defined the, the field or the usage um, of micromobility in a different kind of way. Uh, and the, the focus is doing, doing the focusing on the person who's driving it. Having the active part, also the body active part combined with a high efficient electric motor um, in, in a, and we put all these new techniques or this approach in a complete new type of vehicle. Okay. And what, what inspired you to, uh, to get started on this and, and go ahead and design this new product? Yeah, so, so in general, it was um, the motivation to always have something, something own, um, an own product in the market and especially in the field of uh, micro-mobility. So some years ago, when the initial idea was generated, the first scooters came to the market. But, you know, it was still all in the beginning and it, the scooters are not really an active, um, an active solution. You're just sitting on it, press a button and you go. And um, our motivation was always to have an innovative product and something that is really more active, that is compact, but still active where you make also a physical, uh, where you make physical exercises on it and uh, where you really combine the, um, the compactness of, um, of micromobility with a great, um, uh, great design and a great uh, ride experience. Okay, so I think, I think on, the, on the website, you, uh, um, you, you summarize it as bioelectric. So that, that's because it's, it's a combination of, of both like a traditional kind of scooter, non-motorized scooter and a electric scooter. Exactly. So we are we are basically um, we are basically combining uh, pure electric um, pure electric um, motorized scooter with physical activity in a very specific kind of way. Where at the moment, right now, we cannot release too much yeah, information. Yeah. About. Okay. Yeah. No. I I I understand that. I understand that. When was the uh, the kind of spark moment that that made you realize that this the product that you had in mind was was something that was worth um, taking further? Basically, basically, it was uh, last year when we could see. Okay, we had some technical roadblocks. You know, it is when you make new concepts. Um, you have many, many ideas, you have many, many areas where you need to design, where you need to find new concepts. And uh, last year we could see, okay, all the technical roadblocks, all the technical challenges. Um, we have a concept idea and we, have, we, we are ready to, um, to, to build it in a prototype that is really representing the serial function. And this is where we are right now. We have um, achieved the level of having a really great quality prototypes running to demonstrate um, 
to demonstrate the concept and uh, the performance of the vehicle. Okay, can you, can you talk to us a little more about those kind of technical roadblocks, the engineering challenges that, that you had to uh, overcome and, and how you did that? Should you or should I? <laughs> I uh, take it through. This will be taken. Yeah. So um, I will. Yeah. So mainly it was about um, the drivetrain, um, where we had uh, a lot of technical topics, where we really made a lot of research, a lot of concept uh, developments, find the right partners, and um, especially especially also. Um, tested and built it in, in prototypes yeah, where where really hardware was required. Um, where also with you, the cooperation worked out very, very well um, because we found with you the right processes to make that efficient, to build the parts efficient, to make it also in a sustainable way and fast. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. there's for me, especially um, it was always in the engineering services already. The rapid prototyping helped a lot to prove concepts and to be fast and to be better later on in the launch. And right now here in our own product, um, it helped us uh, even more. Yeah. Okay. And then in terms of the prototyping, like you utilized a number of different processes. Like why, why was that? Um, yeah, it's mainly the different uh, prototyping or rapid prototyping processes uh, are required because we have parts out of metal, we have parts out of uh, plastic that normally would require uh, injection molding. We have also some kind of um, body panels, clearly visual parts, where you would normally need uh, high investment injection molding um, uh, tools. And uh, here we, we could use the 3D metal printing for a very complex part, which is the handlebar and the stem area, really, um, where if you make it in a traditional way, you would have to mill it and make, uh, make a lot of welding, make fixtures before. And this is where 3D printing for sure was uh, a great and efficient approach. And on the do, other do hand... You, do uh, you think like 3D printing... Um, potentially you could use that moving forwards into production or do you think you'll, you'll still be switching back to more kind of traditional manufacturing process? For, for the serial, um, I think we will go to the more traditional one, but um, in areas like pre-serial and so on, this for sure can, can be an option. And also depending on, on um, it will always be the trade-off on what is the part size what is the um, what is the amount of uh, volume that you have behind where you mm -hmm. can always evaluate um, where it makes sense to keep a rapid prototyping methodology also in, in serial production. And how important was it uh, that these processes were fast um, to, to what you were doing? Very, very important, <laughs> very important yeah. because we have, um, we have also, we had specific gates, especially for our uh, um, marketing materials, video shoots, everything that is really, really important for the phase where we are right now in, which is seeking for investors and uh, in building the prototype, 
it was very important, especially also in, uh, when we had to make adaptions, when we made first tests and you see, okay, many things work out great, but we have to adapt here and here. The speed is uh, very important uh, to, to get the hardware in time, <laughs> which, okay. which is the total. The creation was always fast. Uh, sometimes the biggest timing spot on uh, was the customs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Okay, and 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 in terms of like, you say you're at the stage now where you're looking for investors. Like, how difficult has the journey from day one to now been in terms of like starting up a company and and trying to get generate interest and and get people involved. Yeah, I think mainly the the topic was to define uh, the market. Define the market mm -hmm. is, is, a, is a market existing. So we were challenging. This was also one of the most challenging topic to um, to define or analyze the product market fit. Mm -hmm. um, actually, in the beginning, we did this in many stages. We were starting with with fictive personas. This is mm -hmm. um, customer groups that we were defining by asking many um, corporation partners, friends, and also very intensively with driving. Yeah? So to get the feedback from the potential customers by, mm -hmm. by getting them on the vehicle to mm -hmm. get the feedback and to define what has to be optimized. Mm -hmm. With this first approach to define the personas, we were going into a qualified market research. We were performing this in Europe. We were asking uh, with an independent agency that were helping us with this, asking um, um, a small amount of people, around about mm -hmm. 10 to 12 people we were asking with going into detail in the product. So talking about colors, talking about the price, talking about accessories and so on. So we are getting the feedback if you are, if you have if you are on the right path or do, do we have some adaptions and this was very done very intensively we get some very good feedback working going back to the engineering with frank and talking about the changes that we have to do one strong focus was there to focus on the dig digitalization process uh, mm -hmm. we are state of the art or going going beyond this going everything that you're doing with the product, you open and close and take the battery out with your with your mobile phone. You're getting the gamification aspects to have the have the all the aspects to get uh, um, uh, to get many things done with digitalization. That's also fun. So we are putting the gamification mm -hmm. aspect very focused in this uh, product. And there was after the second stage, after we get the qualified um, feedback from the market, we are going into quantified study. We were asking more than 1,000 people around the globe in the urban city, so potential customers in urban areas around the globe, to quantify our assumptions. Mm -hmm. um, and this is mainly also when we're talking about the product market fit was one topic, the price, because we are higher pricing our, our product. So we're seeing how much people are willing to spend this amount of money, a certain amount of money for a high-quality high product. Mm -hmm. And these aspects, these three stages, uh, we are the personas, the, the qualified market research, and then the quantified uh, research. I think this was the most of the key of, of also be able to know that we will be successfully introducing our product into the market. Um, mm -hmm. The techniques besides, sure, Frank was uh, issuing the, the technical job or telling about the technical issues that we had in the development process. But uh, to face also our investors, a stage what we are doing right now is to explain them 
is the market there? And the clear yeah. answer is it is there with these kind of, of, of product that is um, in a new field of activity to make the urban transport means more efficient and uh, uh, fun also. Yeah. And can you, can you tell us a little bit about the market for micro mobility at the minute? Like how, how, how is it? Yeah, I, I think uh, um, the market is changing a lot. Uh, we call one of our customers group Mobility Seeker. They are young, they're using their cell phone to find the best options to move from A to B. Mm -hmm. And I think there are, there are two things, um, uh, two, no, two new expressions. One is the multimodality. That means that people in the city are taking for different ways or different transports, different kind of mobility means or transportation means. They're taking mm -hmm. the skateboard, they're taking the public transport, the metro, or they're taking their own bicycle or their scooter. And this is a multimodality. And then what is new, what's coming since 10, 15 years, getting intensified is the intermodality. So even if you are going to from A to B, you're taking different kind of transport means. For example, yeah. you're taking your skateboard into the metro. And you're much yeah. more faster than the traditional way when you're in traffic jam with your own car in bigger cities. So, uh -huh. and this is this is a new way where we are we are also focusing on on compact small vehicles because the compact small vehicles will be in the dense city or in denser cities will be very good supplement um, to the traditional way of moving from from A to B. And that's a, coming back to our customer group, the the mobility seeker, the the the, the new generation is much more open to go and try these new mobility uh, options. Okay, so so you very much think like it's here to stay. It's not a passing fad. You think people will be increasingly availing of, of these types of uh, transportation? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, so far, I mean, so far, the micromobility um, winners, I would say, were the Pedelecs, the e-bikes and uh, normal e-scooters because yeah. the regulations are there. Um, <clears throat> there are so many great uh, products, product ideas that are, um, that are already existing, but we think the regulations clearly need to adapt. And this will be a very, very important part of it that the regulations will allow more great micro-mobility solutions um, to be legal, um, yeah. to be really used. So um, this will be a very, very important role. And we think, um, yes, micro-mobility will play a very important role in the future. And even more, we think that it will be electrical-assisted vehicles, not pure electric, but electrically-assisted. Mm. Um, okay. type of micro mobility solutions okay and in terms of the regulation then i know it's different in different countries but in the uk for example i think currently um it's not legal to uh, ride an electric uh scooter uh on the roads even though the people people still do um like would that still apply to your your product or would it be different? This this is um, this is uh, also clearly where we where we target to to be 
electric assisted and not pure electric. Okay, so the, the regulations are, are different um, for electric assisted product rather than yes. straight electric. Yes. Okay, so, yes. so your your product when it when it arrives will be okay in the UK. Yeah. Right. And and Europe's different anyway, isn't it? I think like it's it's okay currently in Europe and generally in most in most countries in Europe, electric scooters are also allowed. Um, there are sometimes differences when it comes to the limit of speed. Um, mm -hmm. There are certain uh, differences where you are allowed to ride, which kind of uh, roads or tracks you are allowed to use. But yeah. in most countries, electric scooters are allowed. Sometimes what you hear also in the press in certain uh, cities, they were banned. Uh, especially yeah, I think I saw recently that Paris, Paris had yeah. banned them. Exactly, yeah. Why, so why do sure. you think certain countries and certain cities are, are now taking th this approach after first letting them go? It's, um, for us, it's, it's, it's clearly on one side, it's um, how they are handled, how they are treated, yeah, because they stand around um, everywhere in the city or are, um, or are misused um, and thrown in the rivers. Um, this is especially a topic with the sharing scene that exists yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, I remember there being quite a lot of initially you had the bike sharing um and then there was there was massive pushback against that just there were just bikes thrown everywhere and they had yeah. enormous uh dumping grounds full of bicycles and and things like that but like also how, there how we go they... for a different approach so yeah. our our approach is clearly that we that our product will be owned so mm -hmm. as Tassilo said we will go to the high quality, we will go to a higher price level. So it will be really something that you buy, that you own, where you are proud of, where you have fun to ride it, and um, that you that you purchase for yourself. So okay, so and it's, it's, and it's a different it's, different it's type a of product, different type of product, and it's a completely different. With not being in that sharing um, uh, scene, it's uh, directly a completely different uh, different option. Okay, and how how are you going to uh, compete with? Well, are you even going to try? And if so, how are you going to compete with, say, other similar products like coming from China, um, for example, where where I mean the they're quite competitively priced and and they do what they say they're going to do essentially that's a very good question because we were also thinking where we're gonna gonna um gonna base our company where we do the production um because also in china they're getting more and more quality products into the yeah. market or into the european mm -hmm. market that you can see it's obviously and it's actually it's also it's good uh, competitive products also but actually we are forced to to compete so how we can how we can do this and we are forcing or we are we are approaching a european product to to facing more to the european production side to have small production and and logistic chains uh, also mm -hmm. supply chains we are trying to make them more locally 
And mm -hmm. um, also when we are coming to the southern part of Europe, they're getting they have a good, really good uh, um, a network of technical companies here where you get blue collar uh -huh. workers and so on. And the prices are sure they're much more expensive than in China, but they're much more, uh, they're much less expensive than in the central part of Europe. So you have the chance to do it when you're doing your product in a different way, when you're pro producing the product in a different approach. And there also we are focusing in a very strong way of a lean Japanese production techniques to focus on a high efficiency and uh, the reduction of waste in the in the assembling process and this is also um, reduction of waste also what frank said before is uh, why we're working with you to have partners uh, with a small and efficient and and fast supply possibilities to to compensate the disadvantages that you're not settled sell up or production do your production side and fast Mm, mm. Okay. Okay. Um, and do, do, do you think like Europe is, is a good place to, to manufacture a, a product like this is you think, um, you think it's got advantages in terms of depends on, 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 uh, on different aspects. Uh, I think the advantages, disadvantages. I'm not saying also we have partners in, in, in Far East. Uh, it's in global. Actually, we have a global partner network, even if we are focusing on the European market. Um, mm -hmm. has, a, has advantages, disadvantages. I think the bureaucracy here in, in Europe is, is in, in some kinds very high. So it makes mm -hmm. also for startups like us uh, difficult to start, to uh, yeah. get the support and uh, to settle up a company. I think this is a topic that is quite difficult. But on the yeah. other hand, you have a strong network here in Europe and the market is quite big, even mm -hmm. for the, or especially in the higher pricing or the quality and higher pricing market, you have a really good market for, for a kind of new approach products. So actually um, there are different aspects and I wouldn't say it's good or bad, has advantages, disadvantages. Uh, and uh -huh. we decided to focus on the on the on the cent centering our our production or development uh, to the European market. For the distribution, not so we see they're very interesting market in the in the Far East also. Not only yeah. the the very huge Chinese market, also the Korean or the Japanese market are very interesting for us, and because they're focusing also to the micro mobility uh, yeah. uh, side. There were big changes. You have huge cities where the cities also are searching for for efficient, smaller solutions to to move efficient in the city. Um, so this is the focus that we have also for the market. Not only Europe, uh, Far East is very important, and you can also see see changes in the in the American market. Um, yeah, takes some time. Takes some more time, but also you see there big differences. I was just coming from a business trip from, from Detroit and it's very interesting. It's coming from the was an automotive automotive city. And you see there are changes right now to make also the, the transition to a more efficient um, uh, modal intermodal uh, transport system. Okay. And I mean a lot of uh, kind of in the past, I think Europe has kind of struggled to develop like big tech companies because even though europe is one kind of whole um economic area it's also made up of individual countries where people have their own kind of 
whether they have their own languages, they have their own cultures, they have their own ways of doing things. Like, how how are you going to overcome that as a as a company? Like, do you do you think just like a one one size fits all? Like everybody um, will buy the same thing, or are you going to try and like market it, tailor it different depending on where 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 you're selling? No, actually, actually a very good question, because this in our studies, we were focusing that we have a from the product from the product, we are designing a one size fit all. So mm. we have an advantage in, in comparison to the pure bicycle. A bicycle mm. is designed to the size of the of the client. Yeah. And this is in our case different. We design it with a sports scientist we have in our team. Uh, Tommy, we were designing the product that we have a a very high range of different kind of customers fitting to the product. This is from the ergonomic side, from the from the yeah. body side and the ergonomic side or the weight side. Uh, side. Uh, yeah. And the other thing is the digitalization. So we had a strong focus on the or a strong focus on digitalization, and there we get different feedbacks from different client groups in different countries. Uh -huh. But also there you see a classical trend. The trend is going to a complete digital product. Mm -hmm. uh, for a digitalization approach and there we get very very interesting uh, feedback from different countries customers in different countries that we are combining in our software it could be that we have different software types sure i'm not talking about the language this is clear yeah. but i'm yeah. talking about different approaches because some uh, clients prefer the gamification aspect more than others one wanted more classical, more functional. The other one more want to have more the, the fun and the gamification aspect. So uh -huh. there we have different approaches. Right now we are working with di with digital companies to get exactly the product done for the different kind of customer groups in the different countries. Okay, okay, and I think I think uh, Tulip, you've uh, received some funding from the EU um like can you tell us a little bit about that like how did that come about um yes we received uh commitments of more than seven million euros and uh for our production of uh, for industrialization process and why we received them because tulip has a strong focus of the efficiency uh, in the transition of the of the mobility in urban areas this is one topic and the second topic is the sustainability so okay. we have a strong focus on sustainability and then i'm not talking just about the materials that we are checking out or or, or using materials that will be be more easy to recycle or not harmful for environment or for for people this is one topic and the second topic we are talking about a closed loop so tulip is gonna sell the product back from the market after the usage or give the the the, the customer or clients the possibility to to buy it back and we are focusing okay. on the Completely on the on the simple assembly process. When we have a simple assembly process, we also have a simply or a simple disassembly process. And with a simple disassembly process, you have more uh, possibilities to have a very good and easy uh, recycling strategy. So okay. we are we are thinking the sustainability aspects very very strong from the beginning to the end in a closed loop. And also our after sales approach is is focusing on that. That we're working with very very interesting partners. To have the ability to have a long life product that you're not using the product for half a year or, or one year and then you throw it away and you don't mm. have a strategy what's happening with the product okay okay that's very interesting so sustainability uh, is very very important to you guys as a as a company there yeah. 
Yeah, and in combination with the efficiency, also the 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 focus of on the of the product is, um, as Frank explained explained before, we have the body energy that we are using. That the, that's the reason bioelectric. We are using the yeah. body energy, and you can use it for bigger part while using the the product. That means automatically you are losing using less electric energy in our product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that there's a big advantage, the efficiency. Also, that means you can use a smaller battery. Um, the battery is also right now because of the recycling process still difficult in, in lithium-ion battery uh, systems. So you can make it more small, what's smaller, what's even better, and you use much energy because you have the combination of the bioelectric product that you combine the biomechanic or the biological energy of your body in combination with a high efficiency electric brushless motor of the vehicle okay and did uh, like processes such as 3d printing did that enable you to design better in terms of reducing weight and, and things like that yeah for sure we could um, um, we could go more to the limits yeah we could uh, already in the prototype design um, uh, very close uh, in regards to uh, materials, uh, material thicknesses and so on. We could directly try out uh, what we set for ourselves as a target later on. Uh, because also in case you have some kind of uh, failure during testing, you can in a very fast time replace the parts and, uh, and, and bring it to the next design level. So this is uh, for sure the whole the whole rapid prototyping um, technology for us is uh, very very important to test out. You know, at first some some small units or sub assemblies where you can make where you can make uh, um, only small system tests and then later on to put it in the in the overall product and uh, and validate it there. Okay. So I think I would I would edit uh, James. I think it's it's mandatory to do with it. If you're not doing this, going to to a fast 3D printing options um, right now, you have a competition topic in comparison to our um, competition because you're very fast with you, James. We get very good consultation in the beginning to define the right process, then making fast apart, putting it together in our workshop and see it's working or not doing a loop and uh, two weeks later we have the next part uh, loop with the, with the optimi optimization process we have the we have a strong focus on digitalization but you have the addition right now to see it really really quick in the in the in the prototyping uh, phase of in reality and this mm -hmm. saves much of money and time in the development process as frank said before we're going to use it also in the, the complete next year when we're doing the next pre serial uh, um, uh, um, vehicles, uh, so we, we're going to need the approach because we are starting with a with a very expensive um, uh, toolings for the serial manufacturing. So this okay. is mandatory to do it. There's no question if you have to do it if you want to be competitive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was leading. That's I guess leads on quite 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 nicely to the next question, which was, so the the plan is to release the product at the end of next year, I believe. No, the, the announcement in the end of next year and the product launch will be in the second part of 25. So that okay. means in okay. around about two years. And okay. uh, topic, we are quite fast right now. What means the prototype and the proof of, proof of concept within, within our third prototype stage right now. 
but now we are going to serial development phase. So we're going to have one more loop to make the last changes to make it serial production ready for higher production numbers. So that means okay. end of next year, we may, we're going to, we're going to plan the product announcement at the end of 24 and the second part of 25, we want to, we're going to start with selling the product. And one big topic is the digitalization. So all the digital development process, um, this is for serial starting in, in, in January will be a bigger topic because we have a really strong focus of the complete digitally, digitally or digital ecosystem beginning from the e-commerce to the product vehicle electronics and electrics um, uh, via our cell phone with our tulip app and all the connections to to collecting the data to using the data in an appropriate way uh, um, uh, to gain the efforts that we can can uh, can win with this takes some time and this is one of the biggest uh, um, uh, topics we are facing in the beginning of next starting the beginning of next year Okay, which has been more challenging, like the, the, the hardware or the software? I would say from the point of now, in the beginning, we were focusing on the mechanics because we didn't know if everything's going to work off, uh, uh, if everything's going to work out, starting from the product ergonomics, um, about the efficient motor that we are combining with the, with the biomechanical energy. There were many topics that were, in principle, completely new. So uh -huh. when you would ask me two years before, I would say, sure, the mechanics, the ergonom ergonomics and to have the complete system functioning that you will find some product that is fitting to our customers. Right uh -huh. now, we have the proof of concept done. So right now, yeah. the, the mechanics is done for us. So it's not difficult anymore because we have proved it with our loud pro prototypes. So right now, we are challenging the, the, the electronics and the digitalization scopes of our product so it's, okay. it was changing but in the beginning was a new product because it's a complete new vehicle type product yeah yeah and do, do you expect to have to make any further changes to the the mechanics based on what happens with the software or are, are you fairly happy you've got to the point where where you you you've got the product we, we're going to sure we have changes and the changes in the mechanics is just to do it uh, um, serial uh, serial ready and serial right. production techniques. So this will be the step right now uh, that we are doing from the electronical side. We are just working with prototypes. So we, we are using we, have, we, we, we were developing an application for our vehicle. We have electronics and software in our product that works completely autonomous right mm -hmm. now, like it like it does later. But the, the step to combine everything to make it zero development also with, with one strong focus is cybersecurity that we are focusing in the in the, right, in the next yeah. year and also the, the safety and security options and in, in, in case of a robbery of the of the product that starts in the beginning of next year. So from the mechanical side, we are just talking about serial manufacturability and from yeah. the electronical and electrical side, um, we have uh, uh, bigger steps to do to um, to fulfill all the requirements to be ready in, in, in 25 to sell the product. Okay. All right. F fantastic. Uh, thank you very much. Um, if people want to kind of follow you guys on, on your journey and learn a little bit more about what you're doing, and I know also you're looking for for investors at the minute. So if anyone's interested in, in, in getting involved in that side, like where's the best place to, to do that? Like how, how, 
how can we follow you? Yeah, we, we just created an Instagram account, uh, tulip.es, uh, I think it is, because we just created our, our marketing okay. colleague. It was just creating our account, but okay. still there's no content. We just started to create yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, the content will then starting we'll in follow. the next okay. year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you a lot for the invitation. Yeah, not at all. That's okay. Great. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Working on your first product or your 10th, you've got the Prototype and C podcast to back you up through your product development journey. Follow, subscribe, and tune in for our next episode. We can't wait to see where your prototype takes you.